We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I am your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. A really fun show for you today. I'm going to start off by going over sort of the updated trade stuff between the Jets and the Packers. Elijah Moore gets traded to the Browns, which we're going to talk about in greater detail and what that could potentially mean for the trade between the Packers and the Jets. In addition, I also want to talk a little bit about the Packers safety position because it's a little bit intriguing to me at the moment. So double main events today. Before I get there, one thing personally, I just want to plug really quick. Yesterday on the Packaday podcast on the audio version over on wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, etc., tune in, Stitcher, there's a million places you can get it. We celebrated our 1700th episode. And not only our 1700th episode, our 1700th consecutive day with an episode. We have never missed a day. I want to just give a quick shout out to the entire Packaday podcast team. But I also want to remind you that while I am here every day, almost 300, well, we're here 365 days a year and I'm here personally almost 365 days a year here on the YouTube channel, we also have a audio version. And a lot of these episodes that you're hearing here on YouTube are uploaded over wherever you get your favorite podcasts on the Packaday Podcast audio channel. 
However, we also have a team of 20 plus people that give you great content every single day as well. So you can, if you're sick of me, you don't want to hear me anymore. You can also go out and listen to our amazing team of individuals, some amazing people. We've got Dusty Evely, Ross Uglum, Jacob Westendorf, a lot of the people that you've seen here, Sarah Kelleher, Janelle Mackey, Maggie Loney, Perry Goldstein, Alex Strofe. Like There are so many incredible people, Jason Perrone, Mark Eckel. Like, I, I don't want to leave anyone out, but we've got an incredible, incredible team of people that produce new content every single day. So if you haven't been checking out the Packaday podcast audio version, please make sure to do that as well. All right, enough about that. Quickly, uh, one note from Wednesday, Justin Hollins, Packers outside linebacker from last year. They picked him up mid-season, performed pretty well. He had a tryout with the New York Giants, so we will see if that turns into a signing. But as of right now, it was just a tryout with New York and nothing, at least as we know of as I'm recording this, is imminent with him signing. But that could mean that his leaving Green Bay may be imminent, but we're just going to have to wait and see. That was the only note from Wednesday. All right, so let's jump into a topic that I'm just going to be totally honest, I'm pretty sick of at this point, but I still want to go over this because it's an interesting change with the Elijah Moore trade. But the reason I'm sort of sick of it is because everyone, and I mean everyone, from Packers fans to Jets fans to former NFL GMs to talk show hosts to podcast hosts to everyone, has their firm stance of exactly what Aaron Rodgers is worth, exactly what the Jets should give up, exactly what the Packers should get in return. And everyone is grounded in their stance and not willing to budge in any way, shape, or form. And anytime you get to that, it becomes almost akin to, again, a political conversation where you're just mudslinging back and forth. The anger between Jets and Packers fans as to what is worth, it's just, it's out of control and it's stupid at this point because the truth is, I don't know, you don't know, and right now, even the two freaking general managers do not know how to value this trade. It is the most complex trade situation that I have ever seen in my time covering the NFL, period. It is that complex because you have an entire situation where the Jets have to get Aaron, the Packers need to get off of Aaron, but you can't figure out a middle ground. And we'll go over why that is in just a moment. But when we get to this point where everyone is so dug in and like has their feel on it, like one of the absolutes that Jets fans, many, not all, but many were saying up until recently was that there is no way that the Jets are trading Elijah Moore. Now, to be fair to them, tip of the cat, you were right. They are not trading him to the Green Bay Packers. He ends up getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. And while everyone was so concerned about what Elijah Moore's trade value could be, he gets traded in a pick swap, a second rounder for a third rounder and Elijah Moore. You're just moving down in the, or I guess up in the draft you know, around basically but that's all you're getting in return for him. So Jets fans who have been in everyone's mention saying Elijah Moore is way too valuable and he's not going to be in the trade. Not only did you not get Aaron Rodgers for him, you only got a pick swap for him. That is it. And it's a good pick swap. You move up in the second round, etc. But so many people were like, oh, you're not going to get Elijah Moore. And again, they were partially right. Elijah Moore will not be a member of the Green Bay Packers. He will be a member of the Cleveland Browns. But again, it's so ridiculous to be steeped in like an absolute that Elijah Moore, there's no way that the Jets would give up that sort of value. Okay, well, he clearly did not have that much value. I brought up Jeremy Ruckert. 
I brought up Jeremy Ruckert on Twitter, a tight end who had one catch for eight yards last year. And I had a Jets fan in my mention going off that there's no way that it would, it was just like, you're not getting Jeremy Ruckert for Aaron Rodgers. Can you imagine if Brian called up the Jets and is like, you know what? We really want to make sure that Aaron gets to the Jets and we want to do, you know, what's best for everyone here. What we're just asking for is Jeremy Ruckert and the, and Joe Douglas just hangs up the phone. You're not getting Jeremy Ruckert. It's done. It's over. That's it. Like that's how ridiculous things have been at this point. So we do know, we do know that Elijah Moore will not be a member of the Green Bay Packers. Again, he does get traded to the Cleveland Browns, but we do know now that the Jets have a couple second round picks that they do have to potentially posture and trade with maybe both, maybe one, maybe none, who knows, but they do pick up some additional early draft capital now having picks 42 and 43. Before I get there, the one other thing that I do want to go over extremely quickly here is I've seen a lot of this, and I mean a lot of this from Packer fans, and it is one of, it's insane. It is beyond insane, and it's just, don't think this way. I've seen Packer fans say, if you don't get at least X whatever, and usually it's if you don't get at least a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers, just bring him back and have him be, you know, back up Jordan Love or make him retire, etc. etc. If you don't get a first and a third, if you don't get Jermaine Johnson, if you don't get whatever it is, I don't care what it is, if you don't get at least this, then you know, Brian Gudikin should be fired, or uh, again, you know, make Aaron come back and make him be the backup to Jordan Love and just move forward with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Here's why that is a ridiculous statement and a ridiculous take. First and foremost, if you don't know by now, it is done. It is over. Jordan Love is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Brian Gutekunst all but said it directly in his last press conference. Mark Murphy made it abundantly clear when he was at the high school basketball game that this is the direction that they are going in. Jordan Love is going to be the starter of the Green Bay Packers. Furthermore, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a member of the New York Jets. This is going to happen. It's just a matter of when how and what Green Bay is going to get in return and what sort of compensation it is going to be. That's it. It's done. It's over. The toothpaste is out of the bottle. You can't bring it back. You're not getting Aaron Rodgers back on the Green Bay Packers in 2023. And why it is a ridiculous take is because you are going nuclear at that point. You are nuking almost everything to spite the New York Jets because you're not getting enough in return. Now, if the Jets are offering like a conditional sixth round pick, all right, be my guest and play hardball on this thing as long as you need to play hardball. If it's something stupid, like ridiculously stupid, okay. But if the Jets are like, are offering one of their second round picks right now and that they're just not budging off of it and that's the best you're going to get, you take it without blinking an eye. And I understand that Brian Gudikins needs to play hardball and he needs to hang out, you know, hold out for as much as he can possibly get. But let me walk you through and why the Jets have, I don't even want to use the leverage word anymore, but why this is so complex. Let me just put it that way. We've talked about the salary cap situation. You, if you keep Aaron this year and he retires next year, 
you're taking on an additional 60 million. Again, he doesn't even need to retire because you can't cut him. You're not trading him to another team. And if he comes back, you're taking on an additional $60 million in salary. An additional $60 million in salary. That's a, that's a nightmare. That is an absolute nightmare for a team that's already extremely behind the eight ball from a salary cap standpoint. And yes, it doesn't hit this year. In fact, it's better this year. But next year and the following year, you're taking on, at minimum, another $60 million in contract. That's a nightmare. How about for Aaron and the, the Packers? If you think that Aaron's going to come back. If, if, if the Packers don't work out something with the Jets, if you don't, if you think Aaron's going to come back and just be like, ah, okay, nah, no hard feelings. I'll, I'll be the starter for you guys now, which Green Bay doesn't even want. If you think that's going to even remotely go okay, I don't know what to tell you at this point. It would be a disaster. Aaron was already basically on the Pat McAfee show the last time he was on, was basically saying like, quit dragging your feet and get this done. He was he, There was already a level of like contentiousness in his statements of like, quit dragging your heels and let's just make this happen. So if you think that if the Brian Gutekinds and company continue to drag this out, that Aaron's just going to be like, ah, shucks. All right, I'll still be your quarterback. I'll come in back up, Jordan. It will be a nightmare. You might literally sever that relationship for a extended period of time. And for a quarterback who has been known to hold a grudge or two over time, I don't think that that is what direction you want to go in. I don't think you want that guy going scorched earth against the Packers organization for the foreseeable future because you didn't figure out a trade to the place that he wants to go. And I'm not saying you let him hold that over you. I'm not saying you don't hold out for the best deal that you can get. But if you think there's a way that he is, you know, going to just come back and back up Jordan Love or anything like that, you are out of your mind. It is just out of the question completely. So you're nuking a relationship with Aaron. You're nuking your salary cap. How about Jordan, by the way? How about Jordan Love, who you want to be the starter and you want to have like a strong start this offseason? Can you imagine if Aaron walks back in the building and all of a sudden shows up at OTAs and mini camps, you know, in the background? The media stuff that the circus that's going to go on when you know, like this Aaron stuff is still going on. If if OTAs and mini camps start and Aaron is still on the roster in some capacity, like I said, what if he shows up? Like that is going to be a nightmare. And then all this, let's just play out the ridiculous scenario where Aaron actually just does come along and is like, all right, I'll sit to the sideline. Imagine what that does for Jordan's confidence that if he does not perform well in a practice or a preseason game or anything that. Aaron's technically still on the roster. Talk about nuking, you know, your your confidence in your your first time starter quarterback. That is a nightmare. How about nuking the draft capital that you would get in return? Sure, it's only a second. Maybe that's disappointing to you. It sure as a heck is a lot better than nothing. Nothing is always worse. Nothing is the worst. So to say that, oh, if they don't get a first and a third or a first or Jermaine Johnson or whoever it may be. And I've seen ridiculous stuff like Sauce Gardner in a first or Garrett Wilson in a third or any, hold up. Like this is a situation that is extremely delicate, extremely fragile, extremely complex. And there is a very good chance that you are not getting a first round pick plus, that you're not getting even first round overall value. And again, I hate to be the bear of bad news. And yes, I did an episode recently that said the calculus has changed because the Jets have screwed this up. And to some extent, that is still absolutely true. 
No question about it. The Jets didn't go about this fully in the right way. And a deal should have been agreed upon prior to Rodgers deciding if he wanted to play for the Jets or not, prior to flying down and meeting with him. Usually you have that deal done ahead of time. And some people might say, well, Green Bay may be pulled back afterwards. That does not seem like something that Brian Gutekinds and the Packers would do. And you do not want to get a reputation for being a team that would do something like that. That will burn bridges, not only with that GM, but with other GMs around the league. Joe Douglas is an incredibly respected general manager throughout the league. You don't want to start burning bridges with other teams because they're going to be like, well, I'm not going to deal with Brian because he pulled out on a deal that they had already had set with Aaron Rodgers. And what if, you know, you get to draft day and you need to move up and get a, a, a pick in a round that you really want to go and acquire a player, or a couple of years from now, you want to deal with a team and they have a player that fits perfectly on your squad. And Joe Douglas is the GM of that team and you screwed him over because you pulled back on a trade and now he's not going to deal with you forever again. You just don't burn those bridges as general managers in the NFL. There's a finite amount of people that you, you want to continue to have those relationships with so you can continue to trade with them. You just don't do that. So in no way, shape, or form do I think that Brian had a deal done and then after Aaron met with him and they said, we want Aaron, he's like, ha ha, gotcha. Now I want more. I just, I really don't believe that that happened. So yes, I do think the calculus has changed a bit. I do think that the Jets screwed this up a little bit. I do think Aaron going on the Pat McAfee show changes the overarching view of things and why they need to get this deal done. And yes, the New York Jets are desperate, but Green Bay also has to get off of this contract. They also have to get off of Aaron Rodgers. They also need to move forward with Jordan Love. So that is where you have this crazy mystery box of trade leverage and who should get what. It's a nightmare. It is really, really difficult to figure out. And I've said this, but actually Ken Ingles brought up this point, which is a really good point. If Aaron Rodgers was a free agent completely and was on a, you know, the only deal that he was willing to accept was a one-year $60 million deal. And you could structure that with void years and stuff so that you have a small cap hit this year, which is what the Jets would have, not with void years, but they'd have a small cap hit this year. So that's what they would have. But would how many teams would just be like, yeah, we'll take Aaron for one year, 60 million. There are undoubtedly a couple and the Jets probably would be one of them. But I've said before, and I will say it again, if I were the general, if I were the general manager of any team, now, if I was, if I was literally one QB short and I was like 90% sure that I had a, like a really, really good chance of winning the Super Bowl, maybe I would reconsider this. But if I were the GM of a team, and the Chiefs called and they told me Patrick Mahomes is only going to play one more year. And for a first round pick, I could get Patrick Mahomes for one season on a one year, $60 million deal. Would I be interested? I would have to think long and hard and my gut feel would say no. I don't think any one season is worth that sort of investment from one player. I think that is an incredibly tough pill to swallow. And you might say again, Aaron could play more than one year. He could. But if you're a GM and you give up a ton of resources for Aaron, thinking that he's going to play two or three years, and that's how you go into that deal, and then he retires after this season, and maybe the Jets are a first or second round exit in the playoffs, that is, that's a, you, you end up getting fired. 
Like you, you, you gave up way too much for a quarterback who played one year in a season that maybe you picked up a playoff win or two at best, probably. So I get that this GM and this head coach are pretty desperate, very desperate right now. They have to get this quarterback. And that's what, if, if you, we can talk about this in circles all day long, if you're the Packers, the, you know, the Jets are desperate. You know, they have to get Aaron at this point. And you know, the longer this goes on, the more egg is on the face of the Jets front office. So there is a leverage point there. If you're the Jets, you might say the longer this goes on, the longer this looms over everything. And you can't take on that contract. You don't want to take on that contract. And yeah, Green Bay could drag it out till you know right before the regular season. But then all of a sudden you're under the gun because if you don't, then the option bonus goes to Green Bay. And now you basically can't trade them. Like there are so many layers to this. So when we talked about like the Mahomes one year 60, it, that was, again, for like a first round pick, I would I would even struggle with that for one year. If, if I were the Jets even, and the desperation from the head coach and the GM is real, but one year of any player, they could get injured. The, like the your whole offensive line could get hurt. Like we've seen teams get decimated by like week four. That like even if you had Patrick Mahomes and playing amazing, like your team is just so decimated that you can't compete that season. So to put so many eggs into one basket for one year, and that's the best, clearly the best player in the league. So Aaron coming off a, a tougher season, going into age forty, you're gonna tell me that I have to give up a first round pick for the right to pay him one year sixty million, and that's probably all I'm gonna get out of it. That is a extremely tough sell, save for the fact that they're desperate. They need Aaron Rodgers and Aaron's already come out and said he's going to be a jet. That's why this is so complex. But to say to say that you know for sure that Green Bay should get this, 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 and this, and if they don't, then you call their bluff and you just bring Aaron back. That's, that's a beyond awful reasoning and that's a beyond awful option. You are shooting yourself in the foot so that it doesn't look like the Jets won the trade. Like it's the worst case scenario. You there's nothing good that can come out of that. And I I'll say it one more time. I am all for playing hardball and getting and squeezing as much orange juice out of that orange as you possibly can. Get everything that you can out of the deal. Get your ROI. You're trading away a Hall of Fame quarterback. I am I fully understand that. But we always get to this point in time every single offseason and you see a Jalen Ramsey go for a third round pick and a tight end most of you have never heard of. You see Calais Campbell a couple years back, still in extremely good shape and he's made a real impact for the Ravens uh, You know, up until this point when they released him this offseason, but had a couple of really great years for the Ravens after the trade. I think it was a fifth round pick. You'll see... I th- who was it? The old uh, Titans defensive tackle who was really, really good. And his name's slipping in my mind, but he went to the Broncos for a seventh round pick. And like, you see these deals get made for these veteran players. And what people don't realize is that age and contract are massive, massive indicators of what you are going to get in return for a deal. And I know everyone is going to look at the Rams and say like, you traded Jalen Ramsey and all you got was a third round pick. That's all you, in a tight end, that's all you got. Like, you know what? That's, I'm sure they didn't just shop them to the Dolphins. I'm sure they shopped them around. The issue is that when you've got a pretty big contract 
and you're getting up there in age and you have guarantees in that contract, you're just not going to have much value when it comes to trade assets. And quarterback is definitely different. And I get the Matt Ryan conversation, what he got and the like some of these quarterbacks, what they got in exchange for bad quarterbacks, the Baker Mayfields and the Sam Darnolds and Carson Wentz's. I get all of that. None of them were attached to a $60 million contract. None of them were 40 years old. That changes things quite a bit. And I, this is why I hate talking about this because I don't want to be the guy that's just like throwing a wet blanket. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody likes the person that's going to say you're probably going to get less. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All of that to say, the Jets now have pick 42 and 43 after trading away Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns. If you could get those two picks, 42 and 43, and I can't believe like people are still fighting and being like, no way, you got to get you know the 40, the 42nd pick, 43rd pick, plus a conditional pick, plus Corey Davis, plus blah, blah, blah. It's just like, if you could get pick 42 and 43, if Brian gets pick 42 and 43, he is done a tremendous job. You got the equivalent of a first round pick that is in the trade value charts, the equivalent of a middle first round pick. If you could get those two picks, you've done beyond wonderfully. I think that would be a dream situation, quite honestly. And if you're the Jets, you keep pick 13, you still get Aaron Rodgers and you just went out and signed McCole Hardman. You're still in the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. You're in a very good spot still. Those second round picks aren't going to kill your franchise. If you're Green Bay, picking up two more top 50 picks to go with the two top 50 picks that you have already. You have three picks in the, what, 42, 43, and 45, I want to say in that situation. that That's pretty freaking exciting. Maybe it's 46, one of the two. I, I don't know how you could go wrong if you're Green Bay in that situation. I would love, love, love that deal. 42, 43 for Aaron straight up. I'm taking it. No questions asked. That's a beautiful deal. If Brian somehow gets more than that, tip of the cap, I will be insanely impressed. So point being here overall is that 
at some point you have to take what you can get in this deal. And I, I'm okay with dragging it out longer if that's what you need to do. I think going into OTAs, mini camps, or not getting picks in this year dra- this year's draft is probably not your best interest. I think you want to get it done before that stuff. But if you want to drag it out longer and try to squeeze as much out of them, go for it. By all means, you should be doing that. That's your job as a GM. But also, again, I'm, I've been preaching the same thing over and over. Just be cautious what you're expecting in return as Packer fans. That 60 mil contract, aging quarterback, doesn't always lend itself to extremely high picks, even though the Jets have screwed some things up in the process. So that's where I'm at right now. I think that does it for my trade talk. Uh, I, I'm very interested in those two second round picks. I'm very interested to see how this changes the talks between Green Bay and New York. I'm very interested to see if this was maybe a precursor to getting something done. Maybe it's possible that Green Bay was demanding a first round pick and the Jets are saying, we're not giving you 13 and we don't just want to give you next year's first. So Green Bay says, all right, that's fine, but you need to find something that's the equivalent of that. And it's possible that the Jets said, we'll give you our second, our third and Elijah Moore. And the Packers are like, we don't want a third in Elijah Moore. We want, we want two seconds. And so they trade Elijah Moore in a third for another second. And maybe that's, maybe that's it. Who knows? So A, I'm still preaching it. Be cautious of what you're expecting. B, do not think that the nuclear option is a good option. And C, I know I just spoke in an absolute, so I know I'm being hypocritical here, but like none of us really know what this trade is. And I'll say it one more time, Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst cannot agree on the value here. I've seen extremely smart people talk about this conversation and be all over the place on trade value. So is it possible that when this is all said and done, Brian gets a first round pick plus more? Yes. Is it possible he gets less than a second? Yes. I just think that this is an insanely, insanely, insanely complex trade. And these things you just don't know. And fans always, always have a little bit of a skewed view of what their own player is worth. Even when that own player, or maybe especially when that own player is a four-time MVP Hall of Fame player. But when these trades happen, there's a reason Brett Favre went for a fourth round pick. There's complex. If 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 I would have told Packer fans prior to that whole situation that Brett Favre got traded for a fourth round pick, and I was doing the same podcast today, you you got you guys all would have like I would have been the the follow numbers would have been streaming downwards. Yeah, Andy, they're gonna get a fourth round pick for Brett Favre, a fourth round pick. And yes, there were some conditions on top of that, but like that's what they're gonna get for Brett. That's what they got. And I just again I. I don't need to say anymore. Let's talk safeties. Safeties are more fun. Safeties are maybe not this group of safeties, but safeties is a more fun conversation right now. I just want to go through this really quick. I was going to do a full topic on this, uh, but I figured we could just kind of pump it out really quick. I'm really interested in this group of safeties that Green Bay has. So right now on the roster, they have Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Tarvarius Moore, Innis Gaines, Tariq Carpenter, James Wiggins, who's kind of a fun flyer type of player. Really quick aside, this is a very fun story. Maybe not for Vernon Scott, it's not, but Vernon Scott. So he was released last year with an injury designation. And usually what happens after that is if you nobody claims him, then he goes back on the roster 
and then he stays on your roster unless you ultimately come to an injury settlement. And usually that's announced in some way that, all right, he was released with an injury settlement and he's taken off the roster and everything like that. Well, Vernon Scott's name is not on Packers.com. He's not He's not listed on there. I've talked to people that would know this and they said, no, Vernon Scott is not on the roster anymore. He had an injury settlement basically right after they initially released him. Locker got cleaned out, etc. So he's not on the team. Per the Ken Ingles brought this up to me the other day. Per the NFLPA database, he is still listed on their roster. And you like, I don't know if something got lost in the shuffle or if Green Bay missed a piece of paperwork along the way. But apparently, Vernon Scott still listed per the National Football League Players Association, and maybe they messed something up on their end. But per their database, where all the information is updated, he is still on the Packers roster now. It would just be like the only reason this is great if it's like he pulled like a, a Costanza and he showed up to work at mini camps and OTAs and is like, I'm here. And they're like, what? And he's like, no, I'm still on the roster. And it would just be great. But Vernon Scott, as far as anyone can tell at this point, besides the NFLPA, not on the Packers roster. So again, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Tavarius Moore, Innes Gaines, Tariq Carpenter, James Wiggins, the six on the roster. Adrian Amos and Dallin Levitt remain free agents. That's where things are at. Now, five of these safeties, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Tavares Moore, Innes Gaines, Tariq Carpenter, I fully believe are rosterable 53-man roster safeties. Savage clearly is, Ford clearly is. Tavares Moore, as we talked about the other day, is going to have to earn it based on his bonus. I fully believe Innes Gaines is, and Tariq Carpenter showed up, was great on special teams a year ago, and I think he's a 53-man guy as well. So you've got five guys on your roster right now who are capable of making a 53-man roster. That's the good news. The bad news is I don't think any of them are starting caliber safeties. That includes Darnell Savage. Now, maybe Savage can get his name more involved in that nickel spot, that you know slot position. I thought he played better there. I'd like to see him a little bit more there. Ideally, as I've talked about all offseason, I would love to see you somehow trade away that contract and open up a little bit more space. I just don't think Brian is going to be in the business of trading away one of his valuable draft picks for a, you know, for nothing in return just to get off a safety that he drafted in the first round. Something tells me that's not going to happen. So Savage is going to be back on the team, but I don't really view him as a starter. He's probably going to be this year, but I don't view him as a starting safety based on his play the last couple seasons. Rudy Ford, Played well in some starting snaps last year, but ideally he's like your third or fourth safety as a core special teams guy who can fill in in a pinch. Traverius Moore is basically like a lesser version of that core special teams guy who can, you know, fill in in a, a real pinch, like probably number four, number five type safety. Innis Gaines, we saw him actually play some snaps. He looked okay. I'm intrigued by Innis Gaines. I've talked about this before. If your 10 other guys on, are on defense are like really good, can you get away with Innis Gaines as your 11th? Yes, probably not ideal, but I am intrigued by Innis Gaines. And then Tariq Carpenter, again, core special teams guy. Do you want him to be your starter right now? Probably not. So you've got five guys that are 53 rosterable. None of them are starting safeties in my opinion. You will probably start at least one of them, if not two. The other option here is you do have Razul Douglas and he did practice at safety in training camp a season ago. Do I think that's the best use of Razul Douglas? I don't, but you could make an argument if Stokes and Jair are just going to be on the outside. We tried Razul, if you're the Packers, thinking we tried Razul in the slot and that didn't work. So Savage, you moved in the slot. That worked a little bit. 
And I think Savage is probably a little bit better in the slot than he was at safety. That's not saying a ton, but do you want to give Rizul a, a shot at safety? Eric on the outside, Jair on the outside, Savage in the slot, Rizul at one safety, maybe Rudy Ford at the other right now. That's maybe what you're looking at. You, you still have Keyshawn Nixon you could try in the slot too if you need be. You could put Jair in the slot with Stokes and Rizul on the outside. There, there's a lot of options there, but the bigger issue is you, you have to start two safeties. So maybe Amos gets brought back at some point on a cheap deal. I've been vehemently against that. I don't think that's the best thing to do with this current roster, but it's a possibility. If Levitt's back, that's just as a core special teamer. There's not a ton left on the free agent market at safety. And then meanwhile, you might be like, well, yeah, they're just going to go in the draft. And that they will. I would very much expect them to draft a safety, if not two safeties at some point in this draft. But the issue is there's only one safety that most draft experts have in the top 50 of their draft, and that's Brian Branch. Brian Branch probably not going to fit Green Bay's athletic thresholds, first of all. Second of all, I don't even view him as a safety. He's a nickel. He's a slot guy. He's a good slot guy. He's a good nickel. But my best way to explain Brian Branch is he was what team like teams were hoping or the Packers were hoping Darnell Savage was going to be. He's a fun, athletic safety who can actually tackle and make plays. Exactly what Darnell Savage hasn't been able to do, make plays and tackle. So you're bringing in another undersized defensive back on a defensive backfield that would already have a bunch some undersized players. He's a, basically a better version of Darnell Savage, but you probably need to play him in the slot too. And you still didn't solve your safety problem. So I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm very intrigued to see where the safety position goes the rest of this offseason. As I said, I don't think they have a starting safety on the roster. Could you get by with a Razul, a Savage, a Rudy Ford? You know, a couple of those guys, maybe an Innis Gaines. Sure, but is it ideal? Far from it. And you don't have the salary cap space to go out and really spend. And like I said, you have five guys that are 53 rosterable on the team already. It's going to be very interesting to see the dynamic and how they handle the safety position through the offseason and who's ultimately the starters in week one. All right, I think that does it for me today. I really just hope this trade gets done so we can talk, stop talking about leverage and trade compensation. We can now stop talking about Elijah Moore. So I'm taking that as a brief win, but man, I'm, I'm ready for that portion of it to be over to say the least. Thanks for joining me. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.